The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. This sport with which we kick things off because I was contacted on social media by a listener to the show, uh, Mary. Mary is a mother of four and she got in touch with me to talk or rather to tell me about her story or the story of her son and participation in sport, the broader issue of participation in sport. Uh, Mary is with me now on the line. Mary, you're very welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time uh, to speak to us. So tell me a little bit about your young fellow. I know I say you're a mother of four. It's a 13-year-old. What happened to him? Yeah. Um, hi, Kieran. First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I know this has been a fairly controversial subject over the last few months. But um, basically, I suppose I can tell my story. Um, as I said, I'm a mother of four. Um, I have a 13-year-old boy who plays hurling. Um, he loves the sport. He's not the strongest at it. He's mediocre, but that's, he loves it. So basically, um, that's what I tagged you on, on my social media this morning was I'm kind of a bit stuck because I said to him last night that hurling training was starting back in a few weeks, just over dinner, a casual chat. And I said to him, you know, you know, are you going to be ready for it? And he just turned and he goes, ma'am, I don't want to go back. And I just said, why? You know, I kept it quite casual. I said, why? And he said, because, he said, what is the point? He got quite annoyed. He got quite upset about it. He said, what is the point? What's the point of me wasting two evenings a week, possibly three with matches and everything, when they're just not going to let me play? He said, I'm not good enough. And as a mother, Kieran, that really upset me. Because if he doesn't like the sport and he wants to give it up, I would 100% back him up and say, fine, you know, we'll find something else or mm. whatever. But he actually likes the sport. And that's the problem I have. Um, he, he'd, lo- he'd love to be playing. Yeah. like, he's, like uh, To be honest, out of my four kids, um, my eldest daughter gave up as well because of the same thing. Um, they never... I would, I would think you would know if a child didn't like something. Do you know what I mean? Like, they always get ready for training. They love going training. They never once refuse to go. They never once said they don't want to go to a match or a training. Um, I think with my eldest daughter, to be honest, like she loved the social aspect of it. She did love the sport too, but definitely for her, it was definitely the social aspect. But for him, he, he genuinely loved the sport. He liked spending time with his friends. You know, it's, it, plus we're in a rural area. It, it is the only thing for children. Yeah, where where we live, and anything else that starts up here, it always has to coincide with the GA. So, like they do have a soccer club, but like if there was a match on a GA match, the soccer would be postponed, and you know, um, there was an, a juvenile athletics club at one stage, but it, it all has to coincide with training for the GA. So, like it's a huge thing where we live. Mm. So it's more than just the sport; it's it's the social aspect of it as well. You know, and. Tell me this, has it always been the case that he's been left on the sidelines since he, since he started playing? Or, or you, you mentioned he's 13. Is it only yeah. in the last couple of years this has started? Yeah. yeah, like they all start. Now, I could feel, I could see it as a parent when they were younger, down, you know, training. I, I talk to lots of parents, you know, and I, I've heard stories that kind of resonated with me, that stuck with me, and I was going, well, that's not right, like, you know, surely they all get to play. You know, I was a bit naive. I was like, surely they all get to play, like, mm. you know, but I suppose it's the last 
four years maybe that I've started to highlight it, that I've really started talking to people about it. You know, that's why I have set up my social media pages where, you know, I feel parents are free to speak up because, again, in small communities, not just in small communities, actually, I've had a lot of people contact me. They're afraid to stand up for their children in case it makes it worse or mm. in case, you know, they have, may have another child that is succeeding and getting on greatness. So, they're, you know, they seem to be afraid to talk about it. But, like, my whole thing with, with my son, for instance, and the post I put up today was, so, like, do, I know he likes the sport, so do I keep trying to encourage him to play? Or do I just say, okay, son, quit, you know? Yeah. Because he's also standing up, not standing up, but he's also not being an idiot and not being, you know, made a fool of either. Like, he's, you know, these kids aren't silly either. They know when they're being left on the sideline. Yeah. They know, a coach doesn't have to go over and tell them, you're not good enough. But if you're leaving them on the sideline all the time, they know they're not good enough. You and, know, and so, do, ha, have you at any time spoken to the coaches? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> I have went through all the ropes. To be honest with you, I it hasn't been easy. I'll be honest with you, it's not easy. Again, in a rural community, basically you stand up to the GA, you stand up to the community. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I start noticing it, you know, I did speak to some of his coaches. So, like, he's he would now be under 15. So I spoke at under 13 when he was the younger, the younger guy of it. And mm. I just messaged one of the coaches and I kind of said, look, you know, um, I really hope this year going forward that all children will be treated equally, you know, and get equal math time or whatever. So I think they may have, um, they may have a new policy not to respond to text messages, which I understand. But I was down with another child and I could feel the coach waiting for me. So I said, oh, are you waiting for me? It ended up being quite a heated discussion. Um, I won't go into it because it was quite a long discussion. And I just said to him, so are you telling me he's not going to get to play this year? And I was told, oh, he might get to play a few friendlies. He's not strong enough, is what I was told. And I turned around and I said, so why, why is he coming down here training? Why, why should I and he, you know, go to all this effort? You were saying he's never going to be good enough. He's never going to play like. So it got very heated. It ended up getting a little bit nasty. But, um, and that was kind of the start of it for me, for all my kids, to be honest. I just kind of, I probably have made it worse for them, to be honest. Um... And I possibly think it's maybe too late. <laughs> mm. I, and, and I, I just wonder. I mean, so by under thirteen, obviously, that this had become an issue, and you raised this, and the view was, you know, we're putting out our best, best players, players. Yeah. you know, uh, yeah. in, in the matches that matter. Um, like before that, what, what, was there more of a focus on participation and equal play up until mm. under thirteen? Certain extent, uh, even at under 11s, I had spoken. About, I had spoken about it. Okay, so even even then, it was yeah. beginning That's to be noticeable. Slightly, yeah, I didn't kind of, I didn't push it at that stage. Yeah, but so like, you know, I then spoke to the executives of the club in both the Camogie and hurling. Um, and uh, look, they don't take it very well. They don't like when you stand up and they don't agree with you. You know, I've been told it's a competitive force. I get that. 
but it's competitive for every child. If a child turns up, they deserve a chance at it because they are a child. You know, when they're over 18, and I've also questioned that too, like I've been told it gets competitive under 13. Yeah. You know, and but I've, I've questioned Pro Park about that. And they disagree with that. They say that a juvenile is actually every child under the age of 18. So basically, Kieran, I have went to the county board and I have went to co-park with this issue. Yeah. Because I actually feel that strongly about it. I don't want my kids yeah, to yeah, I know get what, any better treatment. I yeah. want every child to be treated equally they're, because they're, they're children. They're, 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 they're juvenile, you're right, up yeah. until under 18. But the, yeah. there's still an inter-county minor championship, you know, at under 17. So even Croke Park, while they're telling you, no, you're right, Mary, that they're, they're considered juvenile, you know, Croke Park is still running effectively uh, yeah. a, a highly competitive, highly elite competition. And you're right, like, because there'll be people listening to this and they'll be appalled and, and horrified at your young lad and, and they might have similar experiences sitting there watching it and their heart will break the idea that he doesn't want to go even though he still loves playing the sport. And then there'll be other people who think, you know, it is you kind of touched on it yourself. You know, that attitude is out there. Listen, it is competitive. And eventually, you know, it, there has to be some sort of focus on winning or else kind of sport is in sport. Loves to win. Like, I love to see them win as a mother. Like, I'm not, I'm not, as I, I've said to a few people, I'm not a snowflake parent either. I don't think they should be told they win everything. I do. And I have told my children when they have been left on the sideline, I have said, look, lads, they can't possibly play, play all of you like. But I have a huge problem, Kieran, with them taking kids up to two years younger from the team below and playing them all matches ahead of guys of well-capable boys yeah. and girls that they have on the sidelines. You know, and the other huge problem I have is, like, this has been spoken about a lot. You know, I, I, I suppose I got the fire in my belly when I read Jen Hogan's article about it and I sent it out to a few people and they didn't. They didn't take it very well, but I, it, it, something has to be changed. Like, something has to be done about it. Yeah, like, I, I think... I have spoken yeah. up to on. people across the country now about it. I'm, I'm not the only parent that feels this. Like, you know, and I'm getting messages. Look, I've, I've a small enough following on the Instagram page. I'm not there for numbers. I, I'm there to, you know, to try, and hopefully people will reach out and talk to me about it. You know, and, and I have had support from plenty of parents. And I've heard awful stories that are happening in the country over, like. Mm. And it's a culture, like, unfortunately, it's a culture that has to change. And we have had, I have spoken to them in Crow Park, and, you know, um, they've been so lovely and supportive, too. And in one case, you know, one of the ladies was saying, you know, and she said, like, when the kids walk through those gates of those clubs, it's not about the adults. It's nothing to do about you as a coach or a trainer. It's about every child that yeah. walks in there. And they deserve to be treated fairly. I have seen kids crying on the sidelines. And if I can see it, surely they can see it. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think it's a, a really interesting point you touch on as well about kids being brought up from, from, from younger age groups yeah. because they happen to be very talented and, and being picked ahead yeah. of people, and you know, like, boys or girls who are under 15 yeah. or whatever, because I, I think, yeah. If they can't fill a team, I totally yes. understand that. Like, we're a can't. But don't play those kids ahead. Like, I have seen it firsthand with my children. Like, I've seen it with my son last year. They got to a county final. And he got to play a few matches last year. And fairness, it's not all coaches either. It's not all trainers. 
you know, and I have had one coach say to me, like, you know, please don't think this is me, but I'm only one of five on the panel, like. You know, and I will answer back and go, yeah, but fight for him and the other kids then. You know, don't not say anything. But he got to play a few matches. Never. Yeah. I don't think he's probably I'm, ever got a full match for years. But he came to the final and he was left on the sideline. And it's, it's absolutely, he came home and it's awful to see. It's awful to see. And the thing is, Kieran, when he was given a chance, I had other parents say, God, he's really come on. And I'm going, yeah, because yeah. he's been given a chance. Like, you know, there's a whole other big picture to this as well. Like, and what are, you, what are you going to do, Mary, when we get closer to Patrick's Day and training kicks off again? I really don't know. As I said to you, it was just, uh, I've had people message me going, take him out of it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the stress. You know, I've had, you know, there's plenty of other things he can do. Put him into another club. He doesn't want to play in a neighbouring club. Of course he doesn't. He no. wants to be with his friends, you know. You know, plus I feel he's at that vulnerable age. You know, he starts a secondary school, things change. You know, he, it's good for him to have somewhere to go with his friends, like, you know. And it is a huge thing. It, it's, I grew up in a massive GA-loving family. Massive. I was that little girl tumbling on the sidelines while my brothers all played football, you know. So I can see what people can get out of it. It's a great thing. Yeah. But it's only a great thing if you're, well, getting fair treatment. You're, you're not alone anyway, judging by the text line, Mary. This listener says, my son spent 18 games on the under-12 hurling sidelines, never got one minute of game time, including a match where they were 4-17 to two points up, never missed training, always showing up for games, and he wasn't alone. Somebody else says, we have the same problem here in Limerick. Uh, the problem, in my experience, is these coaches guarantee their children and their children's friends play first, regardless of ability. These coaches think they are Mick O'Dwyer training the Kerry team, the big egos, and no problem in demoralising kids. It's awful to witness on the other side of the debate somebody uh, makes the point that uh, sport is a life lesson as you grow up you learn teamwork hard work etc not everyone can be the top of the company in life there'll be setbacks if he loves the sport he should go and support the team maybe a strength in the future could be in coaching or some other aspect we can't all be Tony Kelly's or TJ Reid's unfortunately Tom says this goes on nationwide and as Mary has said the other sporting organisations are losing out to the big dog in the room winning at all costs over participation surely is against the GAA's very ethos The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.